0: It's good to see y'all in the house of the Lord today. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn to the fifteenth chapter of the Gospel of John. Now, a couple of three, four weeks ago, we started a study in the Gospel of John, and we've kind of been going through it. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about living a life of loyalty, and then last week we we talked about living our lives trusting God. And today, I want to spend a little time talking to you about a life that is filled with love. Because in every case, whether we talk about loyalty, whether we talk about trust, or we talk about love, it doesn't matter. We have to have some sort of experience with it in order to appreciate it more. Uh, You know, some things just can't be done unless you have a little bit of experience. For instance, if I asked someone to bake a cake who had never seen a cake or ate a cake, they would not be able to prepare one very well. And, you know, it would be like asking someone to quarterback a football team. How, how could you quarterback a football team when you've never watched a football game? So no amount of discipline, no matter how hard we try, is going to get that cake out of the oven or or magically move a football team down the field. Uh, you know, if we don't know what a football is. Well, the same concept applies with the life of living a life of love. You know, you've heard me preach about love. No telling how many times. Over and over again. But today we're going to see Jesus' command about love. And His command for us to love and also what extent we are to love. Now, most people have a sense of value of this command. But do we really know what love is? You know, a lot of times we think of love as being simply the support of someone else. I heard a a cousin of mine define it as a sensational itch around the heart that you can't scratch. But people tend to look for some kind of affirmation of the identity that they want to achieve. But is this really love? Is it real love? Jesus truly wants each one of us to not only taste His love, but to see His love. Because it is only then that we can love one another as Jesus has loved us as Jesus intended. So, you may be sitting there going, okay, Mr. Fancy Pants Preacher, what is love? Well, the definition of love is a set of emotions and behaviors characterized by intimacy, passion, and commitment. So we see that love involves care. It involves protection. It involves closeness. It involves attraction, affection, affection, trust, but love can vary in its intensity and it can change over time. So let's listen real closely today as we go through these verses. Jesus is going to explain to us His concept of what love truly is and what He meant it to be. Now, something I need to point out before we start reading. Love should bring joy. You know, who doesn't want joy? Uh, Everyone does. And that's why for many of us, Jesus' statement, if you're looking in the 15th chapter, you look in verse 11, He says something along the lines of, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Now when you think about that, that's a very powerful statement. That's a very profound statement. Your joy may be complete. Who doesn't want complete joy? We all do. So, we're going to look at these verses here in the 15th chapter, and and we're going to see what Jesus is trying to tell us. Now, I want to back up to verse 9. John 15, verse 9. Now notice these are Jesus' words. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye, that word continue means abide. Abide ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, For the servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard uh, of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. That word ordained means appointed. That ye should go and bring forth fruit and that... and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, He may give you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Let me visit with you today about a love-filled life. Now, let me say this. When things talking about those first couple of verses, verses 9 and 10, when things are going well for us, we're elated. We have some sense of joy. But when the wheels fall off of the wagon, when things in our lives start falling apart, a lot of times what we do is fall into depression. But what I want you to understand is this. True joy transcends the rolling waves of circumstances in our lives. In other words, if, if we have a true relationship with Jesus Christ, that's where our real joy comes from. You know, because when our lives are intertwined with Jesus' lives, He helps us overcome the adversities that come into our lives. Whether we're at the highest of highs or we're at the lowest of lows. Lows. Having that that relationship with Jesus Christ kind of keeps us level-headed, if you will. No matter what transpires. So so, uh, that helps us in those circumstances that come along. Now, Jesus is telling us that He is the source of abundant joy. You know, we don't just want joy. It is something that we crave. It is something that we, uh, we're almost desperate to have it. For too many, the search for complete joy seems almost impossible to obtain. It seems like it's exhausted. It, you know, that it is a, a, a pursuit that, that never is going to come to be. But, you know, I haven't been in y'all's house. And I haven't been in y'all's closets prowling around in your houses. But you might have a closet full of supplies from some hobby or a bunch of hobbies that you tried in your life that you thought might fulfill that empty spot some way, somehow. Or maybe you, you check your checking account. Three times a day to see if, if you know, hoping that you might see a more satisfying number there on the bottom line. You know, skydivers jump out of planes in the pursuit of joy. That makes no sense to me. It makes no sense jumping out of a perfectly good Uh, Airplane. Uh, You know, outfitters, crossfitters, they call them. Crossfitters are are in the pursuit of fitness, you know, to, to the extreme. And they seem to be in the pursuit of misery, more so to me. But what I'm getting at is some way, somehow, everyone wants joy. Complete joy in their life. And here's the thing. Jesus wants us to have it. Jesus wants us to have complete joy in our lives. That's why He calls us to dwell in Him and to obey Him. I want you to look in verse 10. Because in verse 10, He says, If you keep My commands, you will remain in My love just as I have kept My Father's command and remain in His love. In other words, when we do what Jesus has called us to do, when we get our lives intertwined with Him, we experience His love and His joy over and over and over again. And that is complete joy. But I think some people question if if complete joy is even possible. You know, but, but here's the thing. God lovingly created us To live in joy. Jesus pointed the way to experiencing joy and it's found in three words that He used there in verse 10. Now the first word that Jesus used in verse 10 that is of importance is the word love. He says, remain in my love. In other words, He is the key to our love. He is the key to our joy. And that really makes sense when we remember what Jesus has done for us. When, when we, we uh, remember what Jesus' love is like. You know, Jesus came to earth. Why? Because He loved us. That's one of the reasons why He came down here. He, he came to teach us of the Father's love and to express that love through His actions and His miracle. So He openly showed us His love in response to our sin. In His love for us, think about this, Jesus took all of our wickedness upon Himself. Jesus took all our sins upon Himself. He was nailed to a cross. He died. He was put in a borrowed grave. You remember they rolled this big boulder over it so no one could get him out. But the thing is, Jesus overcame that tomb, didn't He? And He came out and and He is alive. And because He isn't dead anymore, He gives us the ultimate victory and that is love. Now listen to me. The next word that he uses is remain. Jesus says we are to remain. That means that we are to continue in Jesus' amazing love for us. When we remain in His love, our our joy will be in broke, unbroken. So it is vitally important that we remain in His love, that we maintain a love relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's that fellowship that we have that brings this complete joy that we're looking for. And the last word in verse 10 that is of utmost importance is the word keep. He says, keep my command because of Jesus' love We remain in His love and because of Jesus' love, we keep His commands. That is an incredible cycle of living in His love. Okay, now that I've told you all that, it's time for a reality check. i got a couple of questions I want to ask you this evening. The first one is this. Are you keeping God's commands? Are you keeping God's commands? The next question I want to ask you is, are you taking those steps to remain close to Jesus through personal Bible study and prayer? You know, the sad thing for me to think about is this. There is people that go to church on Sunday and that's the only day of the week they open their Bible. There are people that go to church on Sunday and maybe they get called on to pray and that's the only time they pray during the week. How can you maintain a close relationship with Jesus Christ if you don't know anything about Him? It kind of goes back to that baking the cake theory we was talking about a while ago. Or being the quarterback of that football team. If you don't know how to do it, you can't do it. How can you remain in a close loving relationship with our Lord and Savior if we don't get to know Him? We don't ever think about Him. We don't ever talk to Him. And the, the important thing is, it's not just talking to Jesus, it also involves listening. For His guidance, for His direction. I believe it was Billy Graham that that said he spent a whole lot more time listening than he did talking. I'm afraid too many times when we do call out to God, the reason we're calling out to Him is because something has happened and we need help and we need it now. We're trying to tell God what to do. Instead of seeking His guidance and His direction and and listening, we want to tell this is how I want you to get me out of this mess that I'm in. So we need to maintain that Bible study. We need to maintain that prayer. Every one of you, I've said it no telling how many times from this pulpit, should have a quiet time every day. Where you study a couple of three... I'm not talking about you have to read a whole book out of the Bible. I'm saying just study a couple of verses. And then ask God, what are you trying to tell me? What does this mean? And then be listening. Don't be hard-headed like, well, my wife says I'm hard-headed. You know, Barton waits for that great big booming voice from heaven. You need to do this. When it might be just that little subtle tap on the shoulder and you know that's God. So now, we may be sitting here thinking, well, I really don't understand fully how we are to love. Well, Jesus answers that question. Look at verse 12. 15 verse 12. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. We are to love each other as Jesus loved us. Why? Have you ever thought about this? That Jesus loved us enough that He gave His life for us? That's one of those wow moments. That's absolutely incredible for me that a man of perfection like he was would be willing to die from some, for some sorry sap like myself that's hard for me to comprehend and here's the thing we may not have to die for someone but there are other ways that we can practice sacrificial love simply by listening to someone that is struggling with something or by helping someone that's down and out or by encouraging someone You know, it's a whole lot harder to encourage someone than it is to tear them down. Or maybe by giving to someone that is in need. So, we give all the love we can. And then we need to try to give just a little bit more. I want to tell you a story. This is a story about Javier Sotomayor. Javier Sotomayor set the world record in the high jump. 2.5 or 5 meters. That's a little bit over 8 feet. It's a record that he's held for like 30-something years now. Now think about this. He jumped with me reaching with my arm straight up. That's seven foot four inches. So six more inches up there is how high he jumped. Now, the reason I'm telling you this story is this. I would do well, and I know this is going to be hard to believe, me being in such great physical condition as I am. It's pretty hard for me to jump a foot if I try. If I'm in Johnson grass about chest high mending fence and I step on something that feels kind of like jello and it begins to rattle, I might get a foot and a half. <laughs> I remember my father one time years ago. We were we were working in Johnson grass about that high mending fence. And I don't know if it was him or me, but one of us got close enough to a rattlesnake or stepped on one and it started buzzing and we both broke and run to the pickup. And Daddy beat me there and he he smoked roll-your-own-cigarettes and he'd already rolled a cigarette and was smoking it wondering what took me so long. But now you think about if someone commanded you to jump eight feet. What would you do? I would back off and look at it and go, yeah, no. No way. Not a chance. And this is what I thought of when I read Jesus' command to love like He loved. How can we possibly love like Jesus loved. Now, I want you to understand that Jesus is the world record holder of love. No one has loved higher or deeper or wider or stronger than Jesus has. No love has impacted the lives as many people as Jesus' love has. And the disciples. Think about this now. Remember, when we started this study in, in, in John, Jesus was having His last meal with His disciples, remember, before He was crucified. And this is still going on. This is still Jesus talking to His disciples. So, so when, when they heard this command that He gave, they must have thought, it was like being asked to jump eight feet. And, and the thing is, they knew what Jesus' love looked like. Because they they had seen the love of Jesus up close. They had seen how powerful his love was. They, they had seen Jesus heal sick people. They had seen Jesus, you know cast demons out of people. Why? Because He loves them. They had seen Him weep. They had seen Him teach. They had seen Him feed a whole bunch of people with just a couple of fish and a little bit of bread. So now we ask the question again, how do we love like Jesus loves? How do we do that? Even though we have His example for us, It seems unattainable, but yet the answer is so simple. How do we love as much as Jesus loves? We try. We try. You know, the older I get, the more I detest the words I can't. I harp to my daughter all the time about I can't. Earl always tells Renee we're going to whoop old can't till he can. I've never worked with anybody in my life that I didn't learn something from and the guy that I work with now he's always saying all we can do is try. And that's how we try To be like Jesus. To love like Jesus loved. And you know, the simple thing for us to say is, I can't. And it makes me mad, Dylan, when I get out that that jar of jelly and I want to open it, and I can't because my arthritis won't let me. And I have to go get Renee to open it for me. And it makes me mad. But I can't. But thank God I got this device that it fits on most lids. You put her on there and give her, and it works. But then sometimes I can't hold the bottom of oh, I'm going to quick grab it. We try to experience and love like Jesus loved. And we experience the love of Jesus when we obey. We look at Jesus and we try to be like Him. Now, most of us probably will never jump like Javier Sotomayor did. And we will never love as much as Jesus loves. We may not be able to love to the same degree as Jesus loved, but we can love in the same manner. We might not see the impact of our love, love in the lives of people as much as Jesus did, but we can share the same heart. We love, why? Because we have been loved. And that's the mandate. Be loved and be obedient. Now, Jesus clarifies this for us. Look in verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. that means the, the love of Jesus wants us to have for another is active. It's not just something that that we say and then walk away. We put our love in action. our love should be sacrificial. Loving as Jesus loves means sacrificing something of ourselves, For the sake of others. And if we obey in that way, it's like Jesus being obedient to His Heavenly Father. Now think about this. Sacrificial love. Yeah, that may hurt us to some degree. It it may cost us dearly. But we, we move forward for the sake of the ones we love. It gets down to this. It's one thing to talk about love But it's another thing to do it. It's easy to talk the talk, but not everybody can walk the walk. Listen to me now. I may say that I love my wife, but yet I refuse to do anything for her when she's sick. That type of love doesn't count for anything. It doesn't amount to diddly squat. Love is put into action in our obedience. If we're not demonstrating our love through acting, we really aren't loving. If our love never requires sacrificing, we're only talking. Think about this, folks. Jesus laid down His life for us and He called us to act accordingly. To love as He loved us. Now, I want you to think about some relationships you have in your life. Are you possibly being selfish in any way in those relationships? If you are, you need to ask God to show you where you need help in loving others. And I want to tell you something, you'll be amazed at the good it does. Look in verse 15. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for servant knoweth not what the, his Lord doeth, but I called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, appointed you, that you should go and bear, bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, He will give it to you. Now, let me say this about those verses. Because Jesus Christ is our Lord and Master, He should call us servants. He should. But look what He calls us there. He doesn't call us servants, He calls us friends. And that should be very comforting to us. That should be very reassuring to us as, as we are chosen as Christ's friends. And the thing is, because He is Lord and Master, because He chose us, we owe Him unqualified obedience. But most of all, Jesus asked us to obey Him. Why? Because we love Him. Now, you notice something else. Jesus appointed us to bear fruit, to produce fruit. Love is the fertilizer that helps us tell others about Jesus. Love helps our service to others. It helps our character point to Christ. That's what love does. Now, I, I, know, I know some of y'all grow a garden. I know some of you do. This year wasn't a real good growing year. It's pretty tough, but I remember years and years ago, before we got good old Dual Millers View water, when we had our own water, we had this huge garden. I mean, way bigger than this church, huge. And our job Saturday morning was to get up and hoe that garden and rake it and make it all pretty. But you see, we know enough about gardening to know that it's hard work. And the thing about it is, there's people that think that you can just dig up this small plot, throw out some seeds, walk away, and the seeds do the rest. But we're smart enough to know that that's not how it works. You know, they don't realize that you've got to tend to your garden, that you have to get rid of all the careless weeds and ragweeds and sour grass and all that other stuff that comes up out there. And you got to take care of it. And you got to water it. And if we don't, it doesn't produce much fruit to put on the table, does it? We don't get to enjoy that squash and them black-eyed peas and okra and them little green onions and green beans and cucumbers. Y'all can keep the tomatoes. Y'all can have them. But I tell you that to say that that's how people approach producing fruit for Jesus. Again, Jesus told us that He has appointed us to go and produce fruit and that our fruit should remain. You know, but the thing about it is, we just want to stick a seed or two in the ground and walk away and then be overwhelmed by the crop that it produces. And we know it doesn't work that way. That's not how we produce spiritual fruit that's going to remain. We have to bring that loving Remaining and keeping. You remember the three important words from verse 10. We have to bring those into the process. What Jesus is telling us here, folks, is that remaining close to Him is the vital point of any kind of fruit for Him. Look in verse 17. These things I command you that you love one another. Did I get that right? This, Yeah, that we love one another. Let me tell you something. Why, why, why is it so important that we love one another? Why is it so important that we support one another? What do you think? I can tell you why. Because as Christians, we'll get all the hatred from the world. The world don't like Christians. So that's the reason why we've got to love each other. That's the reason why we have to support each other so we're not overwhelmed. My question to you is this. Do you allow some small, inky dinky little problem to get in the way of your loving other believers? Something that don't amount to a hill of beans. What did Jesus just say right there? But something else more important than that, than love one another, He says, these things I command you. He commands us to love one another, and then He gives us the strength to do it. And I know what you're thinking. A week or three or four ago, when we kind of got started on this, we, we established the fact that there are some people out there that are just hard to love. They make it a struggle. But you think about this. How many times, how many times in these few verses have we seen Jesus say, love one another? You know, he's trying to tell us that we are to never stop remaining or abiding in His love. No matter what. We are never to stop loving as we have been loved. When, when Jesus calls us friends and appoints us, These things don't neglect the fact of that previous command to dwell in Him and to love like Him. In other words, we have to prioritize our lives based on our friendship with Jesus and calling of bearing fruit. We bring that love of Jesus to the people around us. Love is Jesus' love. And that sounds really simple, doesn't it? But it takes some work. It takes some work. But I want to tell you this. Our our love for Christ is the key for bearing fruit for Him. And our bearing fruit, like Jesus asked us to do, because He commanded us to bear spiritual fruit. But what kind of fruit are we talking about? Well, some people think that bearing fruit means that they have had this great evangelical success. Meaning, how many people they have led to faith in Christ. Some people connect fruit to acts of service. In other words, the ministry that they do in Jesus' name. And some people insist fruit is about personal growth. The character of Jesus that God shapes in each one of us. Now I've given you three choices. Which one do you think it is? It is all of them. All of those can be backed up scripturally. Every one of them. To bear fruit, yes, can mean leading people to Christ. It can mean serving them in Jesus' name. And it can mean developing the character of Jesus in ourselves. But, let's not separate now, let's not separate remaining in Jesus and loving like Jesus from serving Jesus and bearing fruit for Jesus. If we attempt to bear fruit without remaining and loving in Jesus, that's like trying to grow something without water, sunshine, and and dirt. you got to have all three of them. And if you don't, you're not going to get anywhere. So if we want to bear fruit for Christ, what do we need to do? We need to show others the love of Christ. In other words, we have to let our light shine. And if we do that on a daily basis, We show others the love of Christ through the way that we live. Then we're living a life of love. Folks, it is no secret that Jesus loves each one of us. Because He does. We don't ever need to doubt that Jesus loves us. He loves us beyond measure. And all He asks from us is is to love Him in return and share His love with others. What did He tell us in verse 12? This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. And then we will have that love-filled life. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank You for Your love, Your mercy, Your grace. Father, we thank You for forgiving us when we fail You, Father. Helping us to be aware that we have done wrong. And just ask for forgiveness. Father, we thank You for Your Son that died on the cross that took all of our sin, that took all of our wickedness upon Himself because He loved us so much. Father, just help us try to love that much. Father, we just ask that You guide and direct each one of us. Certainly, Father, continue to protect us in this very challenging time that we live. I thank you for these people here today, Father. Folks that are not with us, we just ask that you keep them safe. Father, certainly we pray that you'll bless us with some rain that only you could provide. And again, we lift up all the folks that we have on our prayer list. The need is there, Father. And we just ask that You meet that need, whatever it may be. There may be some unmentioned requests here today. Father, we just put them all in Your hands and ask You to move the way things need to be moved. Father, just help us go out and let our light shine. Be obedient to You and praise Your holy name. In Your Son's name we pray. Amen.